Good morning. Good morning. Everybody doing good? Yes. Well, it's good to see you. Thanks for being with us this weekend in Mobile. We want to welcome you to this service. Uh, I apologize for not being there with you. I was in the last service and from some technical difficulties I had to get back. So uh, I'll make it up to you. But to the 1130 service over there, I send my regrets. But uh, we want you to just join right into this service and be part of it. Uh, I did receive from a reliable source that the Unique Conference was incredible, ladies. And uh, I want to say thank you. Uh, a lot of people, uh, a lot of teams, a lot of effort went uh, together and worked and put this thing on. So thank you for all of you who served and baked and parked cars and sound and lights and music and all that stuff, thank you so much for making it such a success. And we're already hearing good things from people whose lives are being changed and the word affected their lives. So thank you for being part of that. Uh, we also want to tell you that construction has started at the Malbus campus. And yeah, that's, that's a good thing. We'll give you a little more update on that in a couple of weeks. But uh, the construction road's been put in and trees are coming down. But you'll see some things start happening. So uh, just, just to give you a heads up on that, also our Honduras campus uh, today they have met will be for the third time and our campus is meeting in a school. This last week I was in Honduras and we were able to secure uh, a facility, uh, a really unique place for San Pedro Sula um, for the next year to use as our worship venue. So we're really excited about that and we'll tell you more about that. Uh, because even there, I think we'll be able to do some streaming and do some shout-outs to our campus in Honduras. So we're excited about that. Uh, our Foley campus, we've been working on, and we've had some meetings. We have some more meetings and planning and preparation. We do have land there uh, near the Beach Express, about 15 acres, and we're looking for a temporary building. We've been looking, and we have found several. hasn't been quite the right place yet. So be praying with us that we'll find that location because we're ready to start that campus uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're ready to get going. So uh, be praying with us. That is, that is a very important issue. Uh, also, uh, you probably are familiar with EQUIP. EQUIP is where we are teaching uh, different classes. We have some of those that are uh, video driven. And uh, this month, now online, we have an EQUIP online. And the first one is six sessions. They're 10 to 12 minutes each where I'm teaching on a topic and it's where I know how busy you are, it's hard to come out, make another night, but this is where you can go on, you can catch it you know, on your device, you can catch it on your computer, you can catch it at home, so you can go on and watch. So go, go check that out. Also on our website, our, uh, mission, our global mission trips for 2014 are posted, and I encourage you to look on those and go ahead and be deciding. Everyone needs to take a mission trip and you will enjoy it. Go ahead and be planning, they're all spread out, and I think we have like 14 trips next year not including our monthlies to Honduras. We have a lot of things going on there. So I encourage you to do that. If you have not made a mission trip, you need to. When you come back, you'll understand why you need to. It's just worth the trip and the investment. So I encourage you to do that. Uh, we are in a series entitled Joseph. You, you can turn to Genesis 39 and then Romans 10. And uh, in this series... Uh, we're talking about how God has a dream for every person and God has a destiny for every person. We have discovered that uh, many people do not fulfill the destiny God has on their lives because of one word, and that is character. And I would encourage you, if you've missed the last two, 
Uh, I encourage you to go online and watch those and pick up so you're not lost and you know what we're talking about. Now, the reason uh, we're looking at the life of Joseph is because he went through ten tests to develop his character to fulfill his destiny. His destiny was encompassed with saving the lives of people. And so we are looking at this because I believe our destiny as a believer is to see lives of people changed and saved and turned to God. Uh, I wanted to take a little test before we get into the message. I know how you like the word test. It's almost as popular as the word money uh, from the platform. So I, I know that. But I want us to take a test. So out loud, I want you to answer this, okay? Just, just gently out loud. Just what, what was the first test Joseph went through? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Pride test. Okay, everybody's so humble now, there's no pride, so it's really hard. Okay, and the second test, the pit test, okay? All right, so it's the pride and the pit. I'm, I'm glad you answered. If you could not answer it, I had to go back and re-preach those, and that would be long and lengthy, and I know you don't want to do that. Okay, this weekend we're going to look at the palace test, Okay. The palace test. And this is, we're going to look at stewardship. We're going to look at uh, being successful and being prosperous. And we're going to see how this happened to Joseph. Genesis 39, verse 1. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites. Now, remember, he's taken out of the pit, he's going to die in the pit. His eldest brother, firstborn, comes along and says, no, let's get rid of him and sell him. So they sell him instead of kill him. And the Midianite traders we talked about last weekend, they, that's the region they're from. But the descendants, these people are really descendants of Ishmael. So they're Ishmaelites. And so uh, verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph. Now he's out of the pit. He's going to be a slave. Okay, So he's not dying, but he is a slave. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. As a slave, he's become successful. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, that's Potiphar. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had on Joseph's hand, in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except the bread which he ate. The Lord was with him. He was a successful man. Now this story gets better and better as we get into it. He's purchased as a slave. He's in Potiphar's house. Potiphar is a well-known military leader for for Pharaoh, and he's probably one who's training his army, and he, has, uh, he purchases Joseph. Joseph has the favor of God on him. Soon he's promoted as the overseer of this, uh, this general in the army, if you will, for everything of Potiphar's house. He's, he's the overseer, he, and, and it even goes on. Later we'll see he ends up in prison, and he's promoted in prison, and to the point where he's, he, the, the jailer doesn't even go behind him to see if he's doing what he's supposed to do. Then he's promoted in in, in Pharaoh's palace where he becomes the governor of Egypt. So he's, be, he's successful, he's promoted, and he's prosperous. Would, would that work for any of you? Yes. Would anybody here like to be successful? Yes. Prosperous? No. Succeed. Okay, those of you who don't care, you can leave. You don't, or I'll leave, either one. But you, you, you know, if you don't want to be promoted or successful or prosperous, then this message is not for you, okay? So I'm hoping you'll turn that around in your opinion. I want to show you 
four keys to being successful, to being prosperous and being promoted in everything you do. As the scripture says, what we put our hands to, may it be prosperous and may it be promoted. So here first, let me show you the key to prospering is the presence of the Lord. The key to prospering is the presence of the Lord. Notice how many times it says the Lord was with him, so he prospered. Now, I know the word prosperity uh, is a controversial word. It's not a bad word. There is hyper-prosperity, and, and, and I know that it, you know, it, it goes to an extreme. I don't support it. I can't support it by Scripture. But the problem is we've heard more about hyper-prosperity teaching, and so we pull back from the biblical balance teaching of prosperity. God wants you to prosper. Uh, he wants you successful. He wants you to prosper so you can prosper others. He wants to bless you so you can bless others. The word prosperity is not a bad word. In the Hebrew, the word means to push forward. When you prosper, you push forward. It's used 63 times in the Old Testament. One of those times is when the Spirit of the Lord came on Samson, and so the Lord pushed him forward. He prospered him, pushed him forward to defeat his enemies. So, you know, for God to be pushing you forward in your job, in your career, in your family, in your health, and pushing you forward to succeed, uh, I think that's a good thing, right? Right? Okay, have y'all not had your coffee? <laughs> Mobile, are you asleep? No, they're not asleep. They're awake. Okay, so now, that would be okay with you, right? If the Lord is pushing you forward, the Spirit of the Lord is pushing you forward in everything you put your hands to. So the key to prospering is the presence of the Lord. Here's why that's the key, the presence of the Lord. is because God has never failed. God will never fail. And if you're with him, as whatever he does will prosper. So if you're, if you're in his presence, you're going to prosper. People, though, can choose to go out of the presence of the Lord. People can choose to go out of the presence of the Lord. And it's not that God has removed his presence. It's that we move away. We walk away. It's like Adam and Eve. God confronted them, gave them a chance to repent. But then it's like their son Cain, he confronted, gave him a chance to repent, and he didn't. And the scripture says he went out from the presence of the Lord. And another way, in other words, God's walking one way, Cain started walking another way. When you decide to walk with God, you are successful. When you don't walk with God, you're not successful. Okay? So here, let, let me give you some examples in the scripture so you'll see this word in the scripture. Genesis 26, 12. Then Isaac sowed in that field and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. That's a good harvest. And the Lord blessed him. Now watch this verse. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. So the word is in the scripture. In Deuteronomy 29 and 9. Therefore keep the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. In, in 3 John verse 2, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So the key to prospering is the presence. And notice Potiphar is an unbeliever, and here's an unbeliever that recognized the Lord was with Joseph and recognized God, his Lord was blessing his house because of Joseph. Now here's my question for you. Does your employer believe that he's being blessed because you work for his company? Does your employer, even if they're an unbeliever, do they believe they're being blessed because you work for their company? Well, that's what happened to Joseph. So the key to prospering is the presence of the Lord. Well, what's the key to the presence of the Lord? What's the key? How, how am I going to stay there walking with him? Well, number two, the key to the presence of the Lord is obedience. Second Chronicles 17 and 3. 
Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the former ways of his father David and did not seek the Baals, that's idolatry, but sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments and not according to the acts of Israel. Israel was going after false gods and idolatry, not, not Jehoshaphat. He walked in the ways of the Lord that he had been taught and he sought, in other words, he obeyed. 1 Samuel 18, 14. David behaved wisely. He behaved wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Now, he didn't do everything right. It's in the Bible. We know what he did wrong. But when he did something wrong, he would repent. Remember, the key to getting out of the pit is humility. We studied that last weekend. So here he is. If he messed up, he was, he was, he was humbled, and he would repent but because he wanted to walk in the presence of the Lord. Deuteronomy eleven twenty six. Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. So God's saying, hey, I'll let you choose, blessing or curse. Now, I've never had anyone say, I'll, I'll choose curse. I haven't heard that. And, and, and also, this is, I'm not talking about a works doctrine. Some of you may have been raised in a works doctrine. No, we are saved by grace through faith. You go to heaven by grace. But if you want to exceed on this earth, be successful, be a good steward, you're going to have to obey. If you obey and walk with God, you walk in success. Doesn't mean everything will be perfect. Doesn't mean everything will be right all the time. There will be pits you'll get into. There will be storms that will come, but you'll get through those successfully. I believe in grace. If it's based on works, you're already in trouble. If you're basing what you have on works, you're in trouble because grace is a gift. Grace can't be earned, and we believe in grace. I also believe in obedience, and I have seen in my life when I walk with the Lord in obedience, I'm blessed, but when I walk away from God, there is a curse I walk into. God doesn't curse me, but I, we live in a cursed world. So when I walk away from the presence of God, I get into this world system. I, I liken it to the picture of a hailstorm. We don't get many of those, but if you've been in a hailstorm, you know, it could hurt. It can ding your car and all that. But it's like God has this huge steel umbrella, and people who walk with his presence are under that umbrella, and it may be hailing out there, but I'm covered. But here's what we do. We decide every once in a while because it's in our nature, well, I'm not going to obey that. So we step out from under that umbrella, and we're trying to dodge the hail, okay? It, it, it just does not work that way. When we walk with God, we're protected and we're blessed. The key to prosperity is the presence of the Lord. The key to the presence of the Lord is obedience. Now, I know there are some of you, well, they're probably in another service, but there are probably some of you who just don't like to obey. There are, you're not in this service. Some of you are hard-headed and stubborn, and you're just not going to obey. You know? You, you, you know what the Word says. You even say, well, I believe that, but I don't do that. It's like I've had people say, well, I believe in tithing, I just don't tithe. Well, I believe in bathing. I just don't bathe. I mean, come on. What's the deal? <laughs> but, but, but what you have to understand is, you know, you need to know the key to obedience. Here's the key to obedience. The key to obedience is faith. You, you understand, this is not an intellectual journey. This is a faith journey. You understand the reason a farmer plants is because he expects a reward or a harvest. So the... the a believer has to believe he's going to receive a reward. And many of you, you have more faith in, in your car is going to crank and get you back and forth, or you have more faith in your hot water heater. I mean, you turn, the, you turn the faucet on, and it's cold. But you have enough faith. You stand there until it gets hot. You have faith in your hot water heater. Now, you know, the first house we lived in over, over at South Alabama, uh, 
you know, I, I don't know where the hot water heater was. It must have been a block or two away because I could go cut the whole gra the yard and come back and the water wouldn't be hot yet. Uh, you know, I, I, but we would wait until it gets hot. When you turn on the faucet of obedience, it'll feel cold, but it'll get hot. But you've got to believe. The problem is we don't believe that there are rewards. We don't believe there are rewards if we obey. We don't believe there are consequences if we disobey. If we believed, then we would obey. And that's what we have to understand. You don't get away with it. You just don't. Uh, the, the reason, listen, the reason your children obey is because they believe they will be rewarded if they obey and suffer consequences if they don't. And by the way, Proverbs says the consequences are spankings. And I know that's controversial. I know it's controversial. But, this, but, but the, the, the Bible says when you spank them, you save their soul from hell. So, you know, it's like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that's a new revelation, okay? <laughs> so, Ephesians 6, 1, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Obey, obey. What do you do? Honor your father and your mother. If you honor, it's the first commandment with a promise that it may be well with you and you may live a long life on the earth. Most people just look at the promises, well, hey, we're going to live a long life. Well, if it's not well with you, you want to live a long life when it's not well? No, you want to live a long, you have obeyed, honored your father and your mother. It will be well with you. And I think that's why you live a long life because it's well with you. And children believe when, when they're rewarded, if they obey and, and, and if there are consequences, if they, if they disobey, they believe. If you believe that if you worked hard for your employer, even though your employer is an unbeliever, that God would reward you, you would be a good worker. People say, well, when I get a better job, I'll put everything into it. I'll work harder. You're not going to get a better job. It gets real quiet right here every time I preach this. You're not going to get a better job. You're not going to get a better job because you're not faithful where you are. Why would God give you a better job if you're not going to be faithful where you are? And, and, and we, we don't want to look at things like this, but it's true. It's true. Now look at Hebrews 3.18. Look at the screen. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. He's talking about obeying, but here comes the word unbelief. You would think he would say those who, who would not obey would not receive the reward, but that's not what he said. He said they did not receive it because they did not believe. Faith produces obedience. They disobeyed because they did not believe. So let me recap. The key to prospering is the presence of the Lord. Walking with the Lord, you always succeed. The key to the presence of the Lord is obedience. And the key to obedience is faith. Now, what's the key to faith? Well, this is where I want to spend my time. This, this is the center part of this. Watch. The key to faith is hearing the word. A lot of us have been taught to be doers of the word. But faith comes by hearing. So, I, I, I believe in obedience, doing the word. We've already talked about obedience, but that's not what produces faith according to the Bible. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Here's why hearing the word builds faith in you, because the word has the power to change your life. L listen to the description of the word. For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. 
That's the word of God he's talking about. But remember, when this is written, the book of Hebrews 4.12, when that's written, the book of Hebrews did not exist the day it was written. There's some man under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit who's writing this, but he's not looking, the book of Hebrews is not there. So when he says this, he's not looking at the printed scripture and saying the printed scripture is living and active and I can put it up to my ear and I can hear the heartbeat. That, that's, that's not what he's saying. And what I'm going to say to you now is not to degrade the Bible, but is to elevate it. Because this book has a place, and its place is to point to us the living and active Word of God. So this book becomes the foundation for every connection to the voice of God. Remember, faith comes by hearing. So this book is the foundation for every connection to the voice of God. In other words, this book is the grid that everything about the voice of God is screened. So if you think you're hearing God here about something about your destiny and you look in here and it doesn't line up, you didn't hear God, you had bad tacos. When you hear the word of God in your spirit, man, you go back to the grid. The grid will confirm everything God is saying. It will line up. So if, 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 we're, if we're not lining up, then, then we're, we're not hearing from God. And understand, all scripture is profitable for correction and doctrine. So what's in here brings life to both scripture and the word of God. But before there was a Bible, before this came along a few hundred years ago, there was the word of God. The word of God has always been forever and will always be. The word of the Lord is the message from the Lord delivered with his authority and made effective by his power. Well, how was it delivered? Well, John 1, 1 tells us in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. The word who we're talking about is Jesus. So stay with me. The word of Jerry Taylor is not living and active. It just tells you about things. It just informs you about things in this Bible. The word of God creates realities and is living and active. It creates things and it implants things. So when he speaks things, he's not telling us about things just for information's sake, but he's speaking things into reality. When he speaks something in my heart and I confirm it in the written word of God, the black ink on white paper, then he's speaking things into reality. In the Bible, there are three words used for the voice of the Lord. The first one is the word logos, and it is, it's the expression of what's in God. It, it has the expressive thought of what God is thinking and is spoken into reality. The other word used for the voice of the Lord is the word rhema. In the singular, it's a word. In the plural, it's a speech or a discourse, kind of like Romans 10, 8. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He's saying, now, it has gone from being the general word of God, the logos, to the word that is near you, the rhema. And you may not know the Lord as your Savior, and he may be speaking that to you now, but when he did, before you came to him, he's speaking that to you. In other words, God goes from broadcasting himself to everyone, and he goes to speaking to you, and he calls you to the Lord, and the Holy Spirit draws you, and you come to the Lord, and you confess, and you're saved. So, where is that, he says. 
Well, that's, it's near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. The third word in the scripture for the voice of God is oracle. It's a statement that denotes a divine response of God. It's a divine utterance from God. In other words, here's what an oracle is. It's my specific purpose for you. And what, what the oracle wants to do, the oracle of God wants to sit down with you and become intimate with you and tell you how much he loves you and that you're a child and you're a son and you're a daughter and the plans that I have for you and I want to be your God and I, I want you to be my child. I want you, and, 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 and in, in the natural, we, we, we would liken it to, to this intimate time of speaking and, 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 and God talks to us. Those three words, logos, rhema, and oracle are translated into one word in the English and it's word, word. So it's saying the Bible is talking to us personally and God's talking to us personally again and again and again and again. As a big group, general thought, specific, and then intimately. So watch, the word of God is more important, is, is, is more, I'm sorry, the word of God is more than information and instruction about how to live life. The word of God is the power by which all of God's purposes are being accomplished. Here, his purpose is, is his destiny he's put in you. How is it going to happen? You can do it in the natural, but you won't fulfill God's purpose, his destiny in the spiritual. You can't do it in the natural. So what do you have to have? I have to have the word of God. I have to have the power of God. I have to have the logos, the rhema, the oracle. I have to have all of that speaking to me. So when I look at my life on this earth and I see circumstances that come and circumstances go and they close in and we start looking at the evidence presented to us by the enemy. We talked about it last weekend, that fabricated evidence. Everything seems small. Everything seems insignificant. How are we going to get out of this? How are we going to change? How in the world can I do what God's called me to do? Well, with a word, he, God, can undo anything we see with our eyes and transforms anything about anything you see with a word. And he's waiting to speak that word to you. He desires to do that in your life. So he extends his Logos general word. He, he gives you a rhema personal word. And then he says, I'm going to do something so powerful that you can't comprehend it. But I'm going to do this thing that you can only dream about. But it's my destiny for you. Romans 10.10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Stay with me. Paul's not double talking here. He's saying when you confess Jesus as Lord, you're saved. But when you believe in your heart, because when you believe in your heart, you're made righteous. Salvation does not mean born again. Salvation means deliverance. So with the mouth, he confesses, therefore being delivered from whatever holds him back, whatever's got you in the pit. The power of confession, listen, is, in, is the intended response to the word of God the confession of his people is to respond back to the word of God, what he says. The thing God wants you to do is when he speaks to you, that you say back to him what he said. That's what confession means. Say the same thing. The same thing God is saying, he's asking you to say. So if his word has the power to create, what's he asking you to do? Participate with him in the creation of what he's doing in your destiny. Confession most of the time, we associate that with our deep, dark sin that we must confess. That's not how it's used in Romans 10. God says, you've sinned, but you need to deal with that because I didn't design you to sin. I didn't design you to live in sin. 
So God says, I forgive you, and I have something better for you. I have a destiny. What do I say? I say, Lord, I am forgiven. You have forgiven me, and you have something better for me. You have a destiny. I'm saying what he's saying. The Lord says, I love you, and I say, Lord, you love me, and I love you. The Lord says, you have dominion over whatever holds you in the pit, and I say, I have dominion over whatever holds me in the pit. So to say and to engage the word of God is to hear for yourself the word of God and to say back to God what he's saying. And this is not positive thinking. I'm talking about the word of God is handed to you. He gives you the opportunity to say it back to him. The words he's speaking is powerful. And when he speaks to us and we speak back to him, he can do something amazing. So the concept of the word of God being near you and in you and in your mouth and in your heart, it has the power to accomplish the very thing it's saying and becoming, all connected to your destiny. So watch. You need to know this book. You need to love this book. You need to devour this book. But as I devour that, that is going into my mind, into my memory. But I also need to know the Lord personally. So when I, just, just like David, uh, just like Joseph in that pit, he had to come to an encounter with him. When I come to an encounter with him, I may hear the logos or I may hear a rhema or I may hear intimate things that he wants to speak to me, kind of like a, 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 a bridegroom and, and, and a groom, uh, you know, a, a, a bride and a groom that, that are pillow talking and talking all these intimate things that no one else needs to know, no one else needs to hear. It's between those two. He says things to you, and as he says those things to you about you and what he has for you and what he's going to do, all of that will be confirmed by what you've already, you've already studied here. So what are you doing? You're taking that living word, and you're mixing it with the scriptures. Here's what it does. It produces faith in you. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. I need faith. Listen, if you just try to do the black ink on white paper and you're going to wear yourself out and burn yourself out, you cannot do it because of the nature of man. You have to have the power of the word of God. Where's the power of the word of God? It's Jesus speaking to me in my heart. And then I have consumed this and it comes together and it produces a power of faith in me. So now I can climb a mountain. I can scale a wall. I'm not intimidated by the enemy. I'm not looking at doubt and unbelief. I have faith that God has called me to do this. And this is my destiny. Let, let, let me use it this way as an illustration. I have a CD player here. Okay. It's kind of like a little boom box deal. And, and you know that what you do with this is you take it and you plug it in the wall. You put a CD player in it and then you hit play and you get music, right? And, and, and so what I want to show you is in this, in this whole situation with the CD player is, is to understand that you have a plug, you plug it into the power source, okay? Your power source comes to the outside of your house in a panel, and then it's distributed through your house, and it's broken down and goes to the outlets and the switches and all that. So you take a plug. You know a plug has two prongs on it. Why? Because in this wire, in this wire, it's not one wire, it's two wires. There's a positive and a negative, and that prong is going to take so that I'm plugging both in, okay? If I just take the positive and try to plug it in, that thing's not going to work. Why? Because to have the power, I have to have the positive and the negative plugged in so that the circuit can be completed, so that the power can be distributed and carry on. It, listen, 
The first wire is to stay and walk in the presence of the Lord. The second wire is that I need to hear the word of the Lord. When I plug both of those in, I am walking in his presence, but I'm also hearing what he has to say to me because if I just leave it to what the world says and what everybody else says, it's just the natural. I need the spiritual. How do I get the spiritual? I get the spiritual by the power of the word of God speaking to me. It, listen, if, if I just plug in one leg of this wire into that, this thing's not going to work. The power's there, but the power's dormant. This thing is not useful. You understand, we have the power of God, and it can be dormant because we're not using it. So what do we need to do? We need to, the key to prospering, why does he want you to prosper? So that other people, lives are changed. He wants to you to be a blessing. He wants you to be a giver. He wants you to be a tither. He wants you to just be extravagant in all that you do. So if I plug in one side of this and I plug in the other side of this, now the power's coming in and the power's going out. Here's why it has to come in and go out. Because if it just comes in, you, you, we saw it in the scripture, it was talking about, and the Lord blessed Joseph, and the Lord blessed. It didn't say, and Joseph did this, and Joseph did that, and Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. No, see, if it, if it worked with it just coming in, then we would become arrogant and prideful, and we'd be in competition with the king. When it comes in and it can go out, it's going to complete the circuit. What's he going to do? He's going to empower our lives to fulfill our destiny. You have a destiny. Don't listen to the voice of the enemy lie to you. That's why you need to listen to the voice of the Lord. You need to confirm it with the word of the scriptures and you need to put it together and then you plug those things in and guess what? Whatever the destiny is, whatever the purpose is inside, now it's going to work. It's not going to be dormant because listen, here, it, it, understanding this and, and, and I know in every service I've had these, you know, this like, okay, I don't know if I get that or not, but, but, but go back and listen to it. Go back and study it. Go back and pray about it because this is the key. The key to prospering is the presence of the Lord. That's the key. But what's going to connect it and make it effective is hearing the word of the Lord. I need, listen, it's, it's not enough for you to hear what I say to you from the Lord. It's not enough. You need to hear what the Lord wants to say to you individually. And you need to hear what the Lord wants to say to you intimately. Because you, you haven't failed. You, you haven't messed up. And if you don't connect the power, if the circuit can't be completed then guess what? We live a discouraged, frustrated life and we think, well, God didn't really want to use me and God couldn't do this and God couldn't do that. We start listening and watching the evidence the enemy fabricates so that we're shut down. Are, are y'all understanding what I'm saying? Are, are you understanding? I want you to fulfill your destiny. But you can't, I, I can talk to the cows come home. It won't do it by just giving you an outline and giving you this and doing that. It takes the power of the word of God in the written scriptures and in your heart where Jesus is talking to you. You connect those together, then you can walk out your destiny and that's what God wants you to do but you've got to get in the word you've got to talk to the Lord why because he wants it to come in and he wants it to go out so we have to know the word of God now notice the last three points the last three keys obey believe hear prosper obey believe hear prosper 
I thought it was walking with the presence of the Lord. When you walk in the presence of the Lord, you prosper. But you've got to obey. You've got to believe. You've got to hear. You've got to hear the word. Now I'm going to prosper. Because if I'm walking with the Lord, I can't help but prosper. I just I can't help but prosper. And, and, and what I want you to see is, is this. It, it, it is simple. You can prosper because you're walking with God. And you're going to walk with God because you obey. And you're going to obey because you believe. But you believe and have faith because you hear God's word. When you listen to God's word, when you're in this setting and you hear God's word, it stirs something up in you. And, I, and I'm kind of giving you the logos, okay? Sometimes there's a, a specific word, but most of the time it's the logos. It's kind of the general thought of what the Lord wants to say to you. You take that general thought of the word and what you feel in here, and then you take it and you go home with it and you run with it. And you devour it and you talk to God about it. And you read the scriptures and you take it in, you take it in. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. This is what will happen. The Lord will wake you up and he'll speak something to you in your heart in a small, still voice. And you're going to be so amazed at the living God who said, let there be a universe, let there be stars, let there be a moon, let there be a sun. And as he's speaking it, they're going into place. The one who created all of that is speaking to you in your heart and then it's mixed with what you've already learned from the word. Now you're ODing on faith instead of doubt and unbelief. Un 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 unbelief won't get you there in the rest of the Lord. And I, I know what the scripture is talking about, but let's just talk about rest here. Let's talk about relaxation here in the Lord. Let's talk about just, just trusting in the Lord and having peace and inner peace. How do I get that? I get that by having faith. I need to have faith. I need more faith in my God than I have in my car, in my bank account, in my skills, in my education. I need my faith increased so it will bring pleasing honor to the Lord. So when I walk with him in his presence, that there's absolutely nothing in my way to keep me from fulfilling what he has written down, the Hebrew calls it the book of blueprints that was written about you and about me before the world was ever formed, that he has a plan and a purpose for you before we were ever created, and he wants you to fulfill that. And what's it going to take? It's going to take his presence, but it's going to take faith. The, the obedience and that, all that stuff, that, that's just a given. You know all of that. But the faith and the presence, they're so connected that when I plug in both of them, what I'm designed to do, if, I, if I'm designed to be a CD player, the lights just came on. Push the button. If, if, if I'm designed to be a lamp, the light just came on. But you're designed to be this incredible feature of a living being on this earth that's going to take the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and share it and expose it, and it's just going to radiate just like jo Joseph wasn't a pastor. Joseph wasn't a missionary. He was the governor, and, and, and he was in a pit. Then he was a slave. Then he was a prisoner. Then he became a governor. And everything he did after he got out of the pit, he passed that test, had the favor of the Lord. And I don't think that God favored Joseph more than he favors us. 
His dad in the natural did, but his heavenly father will not. Your heavenly father doesn't put you here and me here and them here. We're all the same. And he, I think he's looking back. He's got that screen sitting over the side of his desk. And when, your name, when you start talking to him, it pops up and there's your destiny. And he's saying, I want to fulfill that. But you've got to have faith. You've got to listen to me. You've got to put it all in me. And when you do, I'm going to start orchestrating dreams that put you on the path, that put you on the journey to get you to the place where you step into your destiny. And Joseph spent 15 years in his destiny. It took him 13 years to pass the 10 tests. So it's not a quick fix because we're not perfect. But once we know that it's there and how it works, it should be a given this is where I'm going. Why do I want to leave and abort anything God has planned for my life? I don't. But most of the time, it's just because we don't understand. I'm giving you understanding. And I hope, listen, I hope you take this home and you devour it and you ask God to bring revelation to you. Because, listen, can I be honest with you? And I know I'm out of time, but it's okay. Look, a lot of times in a service, we, we want a we quick uh, boost of energy and get an adrenaline rush. We, we don't want to go home and do homework. We don't want to have to, just, Pastor, just give it to us. No, I can give you the logos, but if you want the rhema, if you want the time of the oracle, that's between you and God. And you're going to have to pursue it. You're going to have to devour it and take this word that you're receiving today. Maybe, maybe you don't understand it. You can go back and listen to it a hundred times. You can go read through the scriptures and ask the Lord to apply it to you. I promise you, he'll apply, it. he'll apply it to you. He'll give you clarity on it. Don't just turn it off and say, I missed that one. No. He wants you to fulfill your destiny. I want you to fulfill your destiny. I want you to walk in the presence of God and I want you to hear the words, the word of the Lord Jesus. Will you stand? I want to pray for you. Then your campus pastor will come and dismiss you. So if you will, just stay where you are. I, I want to pray for you. Lord, I thank you for every person listening to this message. And I pray that nothing will steal the seed of your word that's been imparted. If they need clarity, bring clarity. If there's confusion, remove the confusion. If there's unbelief, br bring belief. But Lord, let us taste and see that what you've promised is good and it's real. Because Lord, we know that the world we live in that time is short and you're wanting to fulfill the destiny you have planned for all of your people and we don't want to miss it we want to pass the character test we want to be a good steward we want to be faithful but in doing that it's that we're walking in your presence so Lord I pray that your people will receive this and walk in your word in your presence in Jesus name Amen. God bless you.